Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening Right around the country, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. And you said wherever you may be and uh, I'm in sunny Queensland and I won't lie to you, <laughs> it's not too sunny. No, it's not too bad. Today's going to be 25 and no, not a not a cloud in the sky and oh, it's a different warmth up here, Pat. It's uh, it's like we got you had 20 degrees during the week but uh, at home, but here it just seems to be... Just you wake up in the morning, you don't have those five or six degrees. And back to the question that you and I asked a few months ago, you wonder why we live back in Victoria. In Victoria. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful up here. But uh, you've dragged me to do this, which is an absolute pleasure and uh, plenty to talk about. There is plenty to talk about. Um, I actually went fishing on Monday. We've got obviously the buy this week with the prelim in the AFL uh, next Friday night. Is that that's, uh, because, that's because you beat Collingwood last week, yep. Ben in Collingwood. Yep, yep. So I went fishing with Dad. The trout season is officially open in Victoria. So all the rural Street. streams, obviously obviously there's 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 lakes uh, inland that are open throughout the year, depending on where you are. But we uh, we ventured down to the Cumberland. We thought, fantastic, this is great. Get in relatively early in terms of the season. Only been open for a few days. This would be great. We're gonna get, you know, um, no pressure should be, you know, it's a beautiful day. The sun was out. This would just be fantastic. Great. We'll, we'll get loads of fish and we'll see plenty. So off we go and not throughout our entire, you know, hour and a half, two hours that we fished, did we see or have a strike of any sort. And we're both like, this is like, it's beautiful. It's great being out there, but not a thing, right? And then we get to the the top section of the pool, Jeb's pool it's called, like, you know, we'll give that one last crack and we see two king fly fishermen in front of us who have obviously fished every single goddamn pool <laughs> in the preside, uh, preceding, you know, hours before us and I was flat as a shit carter's hat. I could not believe it. We'd just spent – it's a good quality, you know, father-son time. But at some stage, Redmond, you actually want to see a fish. That's like my most hated saying in fishing, Pat. There's so many, and, and fishing's a bit of a job for me too. But I reckon it's for the average punter out there as well. The most common saying is, "It's just good to be out there." Well, and it, and it was. It was right. A, it's even better <laughs> catching a fish, <laughs> mate. Mate, not yeah. a thing. And I was like, this just doesn't make sense to me. Like the trout season's open. There's been there should have been no one here. And lo and behold, 
two bloody nitwits have been up there. And I'm just, it begs the question for, for all those out there, how often have you fished at different sort of, you know, your trout secret spots? Not that this is necessarily a secret spot. And sort of been flabbergasted. Surely there's something here that I can catch. And you found out that, you know, a few minutes up the stream, uh, you've been usurped on every bend. This is the local talk coming out in it. How's that? Calls him nitwits just for a couple of couple of blokes in a land and a Range Rover and their Ray Bans <laughs> going to flick a fly and their nitwits. There's the local talk coming from you. The arrogance. That that is exactly what they are. <laughs> I don't condone keying any vehicles of sorts, but I tell you what, I got back to the car park. I was ready to let the tires down. The, sal- the Salters are pretty sharp on the edges, I reckon, Pat. <laughs> they do some damage. Yeah, well, so they not, were. Did, they, did no, actually, it was fly fly fishing. Did you speak no, to them? No, I, I, I looked at them and then I just shook my head and they were too busy, you know, catching fish <laughs> to to deal with my rubbish. Um, so that sort of, um, you know, that that ended what was a great day with no fishing, Redmond. Um, but, you know, here nor there. Now, before we get on to um, sort of, I suppose, what's topical this week around the fishing scene, there's, there's Phoebe Barrels being caught. Uh, our around our neck of the woods at the moment. There is Patrick. Will you not talk about you, it? Why I'm on no, holidays? Why I'm on holidays, no. please? Because I'm here and I can't catch him. And the word, no, words don't. Out of no, no, no. Do not use that as an excuse. I don't want to hear it. This was this happened whilst you were still in the country, uh, still in the state, mate. So I don't want to hear. Oh, I'm not there to catch him. You were there and you weren't good enough. I lost one. I did lose one the other day. Uh, yes, thanks for rubbing that in because uh, we we went out. So we, there's been really good reports out of Bowen Heads, even off back of Western Port, etc. But these, yeah, I should have got those guys to come in and talk about the reports. You know, those that are catching them, rather than you know, I'm not sure what you're actually doing here this morning. I can't morning. win here. I can't win whether I wherever I let fish go, we'll go along with that path or keep him. I'm still in trouble. So. It's it's a it's a lose lose situation. No, there was uh, there's plenty of fish out there. Uh, so they're fishing wide off the rip to Bowen Heads, and when I say yep. wide, a minimum thirty kilometres. Uh, there are a few fish in between, but the main school that we're fishing is around that thirty kilometre, and it's a long way on water, Pat. Yeah, it is. But, and when I say particularly that way, body of water, that's it, that's more to the key. What you just said, that body of water is the key. So you got to remember. And when you say I lost my fish the other night. I actually was in you gave me a call to take your boat for a spin. Just hadn't been out for a bit, so we t- we took the seven fifty out, and I went out. I went out. I got some salmon in the morning. I got some whiting and squid on that tide. The the end of the tide on the squid, and then the start of the tide the whiting. And then the boys were kind enough to send me a text to say it's a fair bit, fair few fish out here. Come out. So sure enough, I shot out there uh, earlier in the week, and we got out there, and we managed. Uh, we missed the bite, the tide change bite, but we stuck it out to the afternoon bite as such. So tide change yep. at about 2.30. So we stuck it out, but in my mind, we had a little bit of swell around. We had three metres of swell, and we had those big tides before that moon, and they were pushing quite quick. So I was hesitant of going through the rip in your boat at dark where I'd come from. Now, we hooked this fish late. But now, let's, come- not, um, let's not um, beat around the bush. The, the health hasn't exactly been A1 as well. Like, I'm not sure necessarily just the full, you know, 26 hours of the day out in the ocean on the boat. Is is that a good thing or a bad well, thing? Or 
Or what they don't know won't hurt them, Pat. That's what they say. So <laughs> now I feel I'm feeling really good. I've actually I'm going, I'm on top of the world at the moment. The best I've been in 12 months. So we got the fish. Good, Long good story here. short, being mindful that we had to go back through the rip. I told, spoke about that wind. Other oh, and we had wind. So we had that tide, the swell, and the wind. Now we hooked this fish late. The sun was going down. Didn't want to go through the rip. So we ended up running. So we're running 13 kilos of drags on our because uh, oh, we're running 37 kilo. So we're running 12 yep. to 13 kilo of drag. We're running that, but because it was getting dark, I said, "Righto, let's up the drag here." We ended up yeah, trying to pull it in quick. Was, yeah. yeah, we had no choice. I didn't want to be coming through the that ebb tide at the peak ebb tide. I would have went through the river just because it was three meters swell. I just, I didn't. I've gone through enough in the last twelve months. I didn't need a boat flipping and floating in the rip to be another thing, Patrick. So we ended up forcing this fish up. Ended up pulling the hook. But it was literally like throw the rods down on the ground. Let's scoot in. Sun was going down as quick as we could. We're flying in. We got in just as the ebb started, a bit of light, so it was no worries. But there, that's what I was going to say to you, though. Be mindful when you're chasing these fish if you go through the rip. When you're trying to time your run, a lot of people will for slack water. You need to be mindful that when you're traveling out, it's not it's not a 20-minute trip from Barwon Heads where we fish or 35 minutes from Torquay. It's, you, you're, you're out wide. You've got – if the wind picks up to 10 knots from the north, it's going to be rough. Yes. Yep. Which is so far offshore. So you're not off bowing heads with a 10-knot northerly. You're 35Ks offshore, 40Ks offshore, and it can get rough quick. When you're trying to – is, to- is there a secret to, to getting the fish in quickly that you can still have a decent chance of, of bringing it in? Like is there a secret – no, Is there anything that you that you did you do differently if you had yeah. your time again when you reflect on what you did? No, it, it, we were really aggressive. So we we're really aggressive with the me driving. Like we were like getting up on the fish, like and then I was sitting on the fish using the drag of the rod. So I, I like to drive off them and pull them up and play them out, try and drag them to the top, which I tried. I couldn't yep. get this fish. So at the end, when I thought we we're going to get it, we had it sitting, we're in about 80 meters of water out there. We had it sitting 20 to 30 meters down and it was actually slowly edging up. So I said to Kane, full drag, like hand on the spool, don't let it come out. And like he's, so what we did was I was just doing small turns around it and we we're trying to force it up. It was just pure force. I was trying yep. to use the, I was usually we're using the boat to play the fish out, get it up. We were being so aggressive at the start. We're driving off it with all that drag. Kane's hand, we we wouldn't lift. The only way we got the fish moving was sitting with the boat on top of it and actually trying to force it up. And it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. The fish just. It was too strong. We didn't even get a look at it for forty minute fight. But when you're talking about using the boat to bring it up, you're not. You're not positioning the boat facing in the opposite direction of the fish. You're trying to bring it up at the same time because otherwise it, it totally defeats the purpose. That's the only yeah. way that you've got a, a decent chance of still catching the fish but reducing the you know, the fight time. Yeah, and changing angles. So you want to hurt the fish a bit as well. So if the hook's in, say, this side of the mouth, I try and drive. Like You work out which way the fish is going and then I'll try and drive away to get the line to rub across its face. So I'm, trying to, annoy so I'm yeah. trying, to, trying to piss it off. Like, I'm trying to really yeah. get it across its eye. Like, so it sort of comes with it. And that's – I'm doing the head movement as I move off the microphone there. So, so I apologize. <laughs> but it was it – was, I was trying to move the fish up and you're trying to direct 
direct the head to the direction that you want these fish to swim in order to sort of get in your favor to come to the top to potentially be able to grab that wind on leader and then being able to grab uh, grab the gaff and put it into the fish or if you're going to release it do whatever you're going to do but it's about direction changes and work out something that the fish likes but doesn't like so you want to piss it off like i said but you want to make sure that it's working in your favor not annoying it to where it can actually swim away from you down deep if that makes sense uh, as we spoke to scotty coglin last week from western angler and the consultation process redman uh for the wa demersal scale fish recovery now this has been extended to the 30th of september and this is this red obviously follows the controversial proposal that could potentially see uh, Western Australian uh, recreational anglers banned from fishing for dew fish and snapper for up to nine months of the year. So this is a this is a critical um, process. If you're a Western Australian angler, you need to make sure your voice is being heard. You can't sit back and then complain once the decision is made. It is about getting as many anglers together and and voicing your disapproval of this uh, as quickly as possible um, because, you know, these are significant changes that if they do happen, it is going to have a monumental impact on the recreational uh, fishing sector, Redmond, and we've seen this in South Australia. We've seen what it's done to a lot of the rural towns. And, yeah, there's so many wonderful species still to catch in, in SA, but it's been such an important snapper fishery to the – the different local towns that if this does happen in Western Australia, um, you know, it's going to kill off a lot of small operations. Um, so, you know, put your well, hand in the it, air. Seen, and, it in, seen it in South Australia of how devastating it was. Yeah. So make sure, um, you know, have your say, you know, and you can head to the, um, the, the website, which basically it's posted every couple of days by Western Angler, um, and it's a survey uh, where you can you, know, you make your comments felt and that will go a long way towards um, putting pressure on the government around the decision that they make uh, around this heading forward. Hey, Redman, um, yep. Toyota Tundra, the light yes. pickup truck that has been huge in the States for a very long period of time, it is hitting the roads in Australia and we like this simply because this is a four-and-a-half-ton towing beast. We haven't seen this from Toyota previously. The technology in Hilux at the moment compared to most of the other utes is average at best, but this could be a real game-changer for Toyota and, and the competition that's coming in the ute segment in Australia. I just like the fact that they've actually marketed it as a towing vehicle. So that it's literally in the article that I read, it was literally for towing so it's going yeah. to be massive in our industry and the industry that we speak about it right now so it, it's great it's got a hybrid system which is uh obviously running the, the dual fuel and the electric and it's also got twin turbo three and a half liter v6 but the petrol thing i reckon it's going to be pretty um pretty good on fuel but I don't know. The, when you're towing with petrol it can get a little bit it can, it can start to use a fair bit where the diesel tends to hold back a bit 
What do you think? Well, it doesn't matter, mate. You're paying three bucks a litre for diesel at the moment anyway. Oh, true. I shouldn't, <laughs> be, I shouldn't even have commented on that. So, But we're, hopefully we come back to normal normal, normal dollars. And uh, But it's – yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be um it's going to be great game changer in the market, especially with Ram and Ford bringing out the new 150. It's a it's a, something that I'm going to look at that you you you've been talking to me about, especially with that Ford 150 being close on my radar. Well, so at the moment there's obviously Ram, which comes in around the 90, but you're looking 100 plus around that 120 mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was looking the Chevy, at that as well. With the price. So maybe you're looking at 120, 140, you're thinking that's exactly where the F-150 is going to sit at. And you would imagine, given the pricing in the States of what the Tundra has been, that the Australian market will be something similar as well. Because what we don't get here quite clearly is it is a is a factory-built vehicle. This is These are third parties that are doing the conversions. Yeah, yeah. So the conversion's getting done by the same guys that did Ram. So you're gonna have no dramas getting it on driving on the right hand side. But I, I reckon, I reckon with it coming into the market at the right time. But it's gonna come down to, it's gonna come down between the three of them. It's like you look at Ram and it's just got such. A, it's it's proven itself over the years. The Ford 150 hasn't quite for me yet because it's not here. Well, it's I'm, not here. It's yeah. not here. And and either is this. So I've always been set on a RAM, but the F one fifty is exactly what I reckon I'm going to be looking at closely. And I add to that the uh, the electric Ranger is coming to Australia in twenty twenty four. We've seen sort of scattered articles at the moment. Uh, we've got a huge show of real adventures coming your way this morning, Redmond. You're up in Noosa. I'm here in uh, in beautiful cold victoria and that's okay um plenty more real adventures after the break though we're going to find out what's biting uh, around the country you're listening to real adventures with patrick dangerfield and aaron hadgood welcome back to real adventures it's now time for the whip around thanks to jayco sydney your next great escape let the adventure begin with jayco sydney redmond patrick You've just ended the last segment with a little bit of electric talk regarding the Ranger that's coming to Australia 2024. Electrification. Now, we like talking about electrification okay. well, and, my, my and old, you know, new things, I wanna, I'm new not stuff. Drag, I'm not going to drag him in because he's probably not that professional, but my old man's sitting on the balcony just there. He's having a Heineken as we speak. It's nice and early, and he's sitting on the deck. Good on him. We're out on holidays, <laughs> and I've dragged him up here to look after the kids, so good on him. Now, okay. we, wow. we, we're wow. all around the country – all around the country. Now, we go to barbecues outside. And people are not having Heineken's this early in the morning all around the country. That may be just Noosa. But what I'm saying is we all go to barbecues all around the country because we, we all love an outdoor barbecue. We do. Now, yes. electric cars. Two, mm. uh, two, I've got a two early gas. Electric cars. My old man can't stand the theory on electric cars. My old man's actually a robotics engineer, for any of those that are asking. He's actually a very intelligent man, and I won't tell him that. So these electric barbecues, you try cooking a steak on them. I don't think there's anything worse. You try cooking a chop or a bit of chicken, and you don't even know if it's cooked. This is the, this is how he sums up electric cars. He's yelling and screaming at the barbecue two, last night or two nights ago, screaming. So that's number one, pathetic. They're, they're pathetic. Mate, we're not cooking on these cars. Patrick, we're driving them. Okay, but we're just comparing them a little bit. <laughs> Gaff number two. You try cleaning the freaking things after it. They are the hardest <laughs> things to clean in the world. Are they not the hardest things to clean? 
<laughs> oh, we've look, to be eight. honest, I I wouldn't know. I I stick to the trusty uh the trusty. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah, well, the Dometic Barbie. Gas cooker with gas bottles on the aeroplane. I might have got judged. So <laughs> so I had to stick to the barbecue. Anyway, that was the early gas. Sorry, just a bit of electric, electric talk. Let's uh, let's start with uh, this snapper coming out of Western Port. They're still hard to get, uh, but our spies tell us that there are about. Yeah, Craig and Gwaine did some hours during the week on them, and uh, straight up, they didn't catch any. They, they didn't. They worked hard. More people didn't catch any than what did. So yep. there's, you're going to have to do your hours right now, but there are fish there. Now, it's rewarding. For me, it's not worth it. I'd be concentrating on maybe those massive squid that are in both bays at the moment. You, yep. like Both bays producing beautiful squid. Are we Wayne working off the tide for those squid? Or? Yeah, just especially in the tidal waters. So out of the tidal yep. waters, you'll get away with it. But places like Western Port, especially down south and Port Phillip, you need to fish the ends and starts of them just because they're too strong. So fishing the ends and starts of the tides is the key. Matching the jig to the depth of water you're fishing in so it sinks good are the, are the most important factors to it. Now, I wouldn't be worrying too much about the snapper in Port Phillip, but if you because it's just a bit cold still, it's there, you might get lucky one day. I'll, I'll give it to someone, might get lucky. I'm talking about your odds being on, in your favour. Now, let's yep. be honest. Consistent gonna, captures. Yeah, consi- even not even – not even like consistent bags. Like captures is the key that you sort of said there. Like people want a bag. That's the traditional word to go for. But like you, to even get one fish, it's going to be hard right now. So be mindful. Some great flathead uh, have also come out of Lake's Entrance this week, Pat. Or some great reports of Lake's Entrance flatties, and they're they're a beautiful fish to eat. Not the great, not too great to catch as in on the rod pulling hard, but they're well worth the effort on the dinner plate. And you've also got Air River down in the southwest. You've got some big brim down there right now. They're feeding really, really well. So you can flick your plastics or your grubs and even your cranker baits and you'll get some brim doing that. Uh, heading further north, New South Wales, Birmingham. There's been a heap of striped tuna uh, and small bluefin have moved in close to Birmingham. Uh, bluefin up to around the four kilo mark. They're a bit of fun on light gear. Uh, if you can get past the schools and, and casting the metal slugs is been a really successful method, uh, method Redmond. Yeah, they're in the 40-meter line. So they're, they're, they're not far at all. So they're in nice and close, and there's a lot of them. Uh, also, using vibes in around the shallows of the Sydney Harbour this week, we saw plenty of brim to 40 centimeters. But not just that. On the vibes that we're getting now close to the bottom in the shallow water, some really big flathead up to the 60-centimeter mark. So it's fishing really, really well in the Sydney Harbour too. Heading over to WA, Pat. Yeah, Xmouth this week, uh, fly fishing has been very good with the sailfish. Now, sailfish are one of the most enjoyable to fish for, Redmond. They are, and I have I have caught a couple of sails, and uh, you've done a bit more than myself, but you did. the key word you said was fly there, so I'd written in here to ask you, how would you approach fly fishing for sailfish? Have you done it? I haven't fly fished for them. When when I've travelled to Groot Island and fished with the, uh, the great Bomber Farrell, who is – Probably the best uh, sailfish fisherman in the country, to be honest. Uh, most of the fishing that we've done has been switchbaiting. So yep. we'll, we'll go out to the grounds where Bomber thinks they'll be, the teasers will be out, the, the outriggers, et cetera, but there'll be no hooks on anything. So it's literally just searching for uh, whether it's birds, fish, or they'll come up on the teasers. And only once he finds them will we then throw out the – um, 
the live bait basically. And and half of that is simply because Groot Island is a nightmare because if you've got there's so many different species of fish that you'll probably foul hook or you'll connect on something else other than the target species. So if I was fishing for them for flies, I reckon you probably you've got your your teasers out just without any hooks because you're trying to to bring them up to get them excited and then you're getting your flies out onto them. That's how I dare say they'd be yeah. fishing for them. But a, a wonderful style of fishing, like the beauty of the fly, of a sailfish is they're not incredibly heavy. So you can have a wonderful 15, you know, 15 to 30 minute battle with a fish on light gear and, um, you know, away you go, you, you, you release it and you have a crack at the next one. It's uh, it's something that uh, it, I, I, it interests me the the fly fishing aspect of it because I reckon I don't reckon there's anything more exciting than the visual aspect of switch baiting and trying to put something in it in front of Spot it. Spot on. I don't. I don't it's amazing. It's, it doesn't matter what it, what species it is, whether it's a squid that you've got a teaser out like a salmon on in the water and a squid comes up behind it and the, the the thrill that you get of putting something behind it to catch something. I don't think there's much better. And obviously the sailfish would be a very visual thing. They light up. They're they're big massive sail that comes out hence the name so i reckon the visual aspect of it would be tremendous and they're such a beautiful fish as well like in terms of like they're they're like a trout in a totally different way in a sense that they're this is the mystique about them they are just so well revered so yeah interesting to see that they're um they're getting on fly at the moment which is great Fishing off the rocks around frio there's been really good signs of of snapper and close up to around the, the eight kilo mark uh, squid's the best bait at the moment, but you got to pick the days, obviously. Um, is that weather dependent mostly, Redmond, or, or, or how have anglers been sort of targeting this? The rougher it is, the better it is on land base, Pat. I don't need to go into it too much, but anywhere you fish, if I'm fishing Port Phillip and you get a really rough weather, I fish shallow. Very, very, very much the key in for any sort of land based fishing for snapper, especially over in Perth. If they get those onshore breezes and they push those fish in, you will literally. You have the time of your life catching fish off the sand and the rocks, no worries whatsoever. South Australia, barrels have slowed up a tad in Port Mac. We've been given constant uh, reports on Real Adventures about just how well that area has fished. It hasn't fished quite as consistently in recent times, Redmond. It hasn't. It's slowed up a bit. Port, port, uh, uh, sorry, excuse me. Portland is the one I was trying to say. That's fishing really, really well at the moment. And also off the heads and Polo Bay, a few fish. But just don't forget the bottom fishing out of Port Mac. There's not much in the country better than it regarding Nanny Guy, Flathead, School Sharks, Gummy Sharks, Mako Sharks, Snapper. You, It's it's un, it's nearly untouched waters. The Cray guys there have it nearly to themselves. Fantastic place to put some baits onto the bottom. Head into tacky. Everyone, everyone gets everyone gets seduced by um, the big barrels, really, don't they? Oh, and I can see why, but like, I'd much rather eat a nice piece of school shark than a barrel. In all honesty, in my opinion, and we just drive past them to catch these amazing, beautiful southern bluefin tuna, but. Like the fishing there, you can in a day if you get a barrel, don't take your rods and have a fun catching some schoolies because you're not going to traditionally get one. You're going to get three, four, or five. Like there's a lot of good fishing there. Before we wrap up South Australia, Port Augusta, uh, Redmond, Coffin Bay, they're showing reports of of big kings. Is that early? No, you just got to fish that uh, water the the waterworks. You know where they the warm the water right up there in Augusta, the yep. Augusta there. Uh, they have the water that the hot water that comes out and 
you just got to fish that area, but you got to be very mindful as well of the uh, restrictions there. Certain areas you can't go when they're working, plus you can't go up a certain way as well. So you've got to be mindful of that and just don't get caught in there because you'll get a whopping fine in there. Tasmania, the Mercy has been the place with big browns, uh, real present right now. Uh, using flies off the banks in the shallows has been doing really well. Uh, and they're also eating uh, little divers as well, Redmond, uh, in low light. Uh, that's worked pretty well. Yeah, it has worked really good. The Mercy's been consistent all winter. And the, the quality of fish are in there are up to that sort of seven, eight pounds. So really nice fish, uh, well worth heading there. And that low light, like you said, is the key this time of the year for the trout. Sandy Bay in Hobart has been terrific as well. And we're just about to approach school holidays. And just using bits of chicken or pillies as bait, light little bit of burley as well, You'll get flathead, whiting, and salmon around. And this is all land-based off Sandy Bay there. So you'll, you'll have a great time catching plenty of fish with the kids. Rivers and waterways around Bundaberg in Queensland. Uh, they've fished quite well. Uh, Barra as well, Red. Let's talk about that. Yeah, the Barra. Plenty of Barra right around Bundy right now. All the uh, – all all, not all of them, but a lot of them, a lot of the rivers and estuaries and whatnot uh, are holding big fish. And it's just well worth uh, having a crack if you're in that area. Uh, I'm in sort of not that area, but I'm close to that area. And it's only, I think, about an hour's drive above me, Bundy from Noosa, roughly, Pat. So I might have to sneak up there. But uh, fishing north of the Tweed, which is a bit below me at the moment, uh, the flathead have been very consistent, dart fish on fire, and there's also plenty of tailor in between. So there's plenty happening right around the country. So make sure you got your rods ready to go. That was the whip around. Let the adventure begin with Jayco Sydney helping you on your next great escape. Jayco Sydney is the place to start it with. Uh, that wraps up the whip around. It's time for the social club, Redmond. We take your questions from social media and we've pushed time here, so we're going to have to wrap this relatively quickly. Uh, Red, I've seen you've been up north for a couple of weeks. What fishing have you been doing up there? Cheers, Paul. Paul, I'm not going to lie to you. Pat, when you go to Noosa, do you often go out there and kick the footy or do you have your little holiday break? No, I have my holiday break. Yeah, I'm sort of doing a little bit of the same at the moment. I am. I'm having my little relax from fishing with the family and enjoying, just enjoying it. But Kane is rocking up today. So this is trouble. Kane, the fishing builder guy that you talk about, he is turning yes. up. So yes. he's going to be a good chance I get persuaded because the last handful of days I've had no interest. But if anyone's got any recommendations of a charter or something for me to head on, you might even be able to help me out here, Pat, because you love Noosa. Let me know. And I'll, uh, I'll, I reckon I'm going to make my way to the water at some point to try and catch something. Did Bob, you bring? Did you pack your linen shorts and tops for, for Noosa? Go on. This will be good. Is that what I need to wear here? Yeah, you're not allowed out in the streets unless you're wearing white linen. Or Wait, at on. the very least, cream linen. Well, I was going to ask Brooksy. He's uh, on the Zoom, our producer, right now. And you got any of those circle glasses, Brooksy, that you wear that you could send down to me? <laughs> they fit in up the Noosa, don't they? He <laughs> can't speak. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was worth a go. Am I got time for a question, Pat, or are you wrapping it up? No, no, you've got time for a question. Patty, this summer, what are your fishing goals? Would you like to target a new species or a bigger species, a bigger fish of, of the species? What would you like to do? Uh, well, I wanted to get another barrel out of our uh, out of FDBT, the, uh, yep. the 750 North Bank, uh, yep. full-time big time, of course. That is the name of it. But I'd, I'd like us to have a real crack at a big Mako this year, Redmond. We haven't caught a big, a big shark for, for some time, you and I. So I think that's on the agenda. And getting Aaron into fly fishing 
who's the question from? Um, Steve. Um, sorry, it is John. Um, yeah, getting Aaron into into some fly fishing, that interests me because you need to have patience. It's a bit of hunting uh, and I'd like to see him donning sort of the European car rolling out with the uh, the Ray-Ban. So. Well, it's lucky I've got good mates. Brooksy's got the circle glasses. You've got those silly Ray-Ban things. It suits me perfectly. It'll work. That is the social club. Uh, if you want to engage in our socials, make sure you do so at Real Adventures Show, and we'll do our very best to get back to the questions that you send into us. After the break, we're back for All Aboard. All Aboard for Dometic. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack, and go. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure at Dometic.com. A special guest this morning is Adelaide Crows Young Guard, Ned McHenry. Morning, Ned. Morning, Pat. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, as well as being a footballer, you are an avid fisherman. You're a North Bank Boats ambassador. Uh, tell us a bit about that. You run a six-metre uh, North Bank. And a th- is it a 150 or a 200 you've got on that? Yeah, I've got a 150 Merc um, on the 600, Pat. Yeah, I obviously love my fishing like you do um, outside of footy. So, yeah, I was just stoked obviously get into a, a North Bank and they're a South Australian-built boat too. So, over in Adelaide, I got to get that build watch the build process over there and just absolutely love getting out in that back home in Geelong and also over there in South Australia. Now, a little bird tells me you're down there sort of annoying Rob, who is the uh, the owner of North Bank Boats, as often as you can, just sort of getting in there and seeing what's happening in the showroom and, <laughs> and around the build process and everything. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, some people like to go to a cafe and have a coffee or whatever. I usually just <laughs> go in and pop in and see Rob and annoy him when he's supposed to be doing some work and, and Brad and stuff with the boys down at Christie's Beach Marine. There's always a, a big North Bank getting built there, so I like to pot around and, and have a bit of a look. But, yeah, they do an amazing job down there, and I can't speak highly enough of, of my boat and all the other North Banks I've been in down there. They do do a great job. Now, before we talk more fishing, you really established yourself this year in that Crows Ford line. Um, talk to us about your year. It's a very, very young side, but it feels like things are starting to move at the Crows. Yeah, I hope so, Pat. Um, I think we played some some footy that was really really impressive at, at stages throughout the year. We we weren't able to do it consistently enough to kind of compete with the better teams for for long enough. But we showed that brand of you know our contested ball and our pressure and um, yeah, I just really enjoyed playing that brand and that style of footy. And I think the other boys do too. So hopefully, if we can just continue to get better at, at doing that for longer, um, we're going to be in games and, and hopefully challenge some of the better sides of the comp. Now, you are a good Geelong boy. You were drafted in 2018, so you're a few years in now. Do you feel like, and this was certainly for me, you know, once I got sort of three, four years plus, you start to feel some real ownership over the club and feel like your your input genuinely means something and there's a, there's a great buy-in once you've been around for a few years that you feel like it's, you know, the club's part of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've just grown to love the club and, and life in Adelaide so much as well. So I think that's really helped me kind of grow up a little bit and, and move away from home. But as you said, I think once you start to play a little bit of footy, and you know, I haven't played much footy, but I've played a little bit now, and you really start to get your head around team and, and trying to do something with the group that you, that you play with a little bit more consistently. I think when you're younger, you're just trying to find your way and you're trying to earn a position in the side and, and train really hard. And 
once you start to play games a little bit more consistently, um, yeah, you're still obviously trying to do that as well, but you start to get your head around what, what the group's doing and, and, and what the club direction kind of looks like. So, as I said, I've just loved trying to throw myself into life in Adelaide and I'm really grateful to obviously play a bit of footy there now and, and just really enjoy the club and, and the lifestyle. There's not too many play with more energy and enthusiasm than, than you, Nettie. Now, most people, when they think of an AFL footballer, uh, they think, no, all right, this, you know, upstart, they'll come in with the flash car and, you know, they have these preconceived ideas around footballers, the cars they drive and what they do. You so, you're sort of go a bit of the against the grain when it comes to that sort of thing because you're driving uh, a 79 Land Cruiser. <laughs> so it's not... It's probably not the flashiest, you know, fastest European car, is it? It's um, oh, I love it though. Love it. Probably could have got something a bit submissive with the bloody price of them, but um, <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm like you. I, I love my fishing, and I love. I run some lands with a fellow Nick Murray at the Crows, so we, we ran 500 lands this year for a bit of fun. Um, so I just love getting out and about, and as I said, it's, it's that kind of Adelaide way of life. I know it sounds silly, but it's similar to Geelong in a way. Like we get to go out fishing and and do those things, so. To have a good ute and, and have a Toyota as well, which are obviously a major sponsor of the club, it, it just made sense. Been the main sponsors since the club's inception. Um, the 79 Series, pretty much now, once you buy them, they sort of go up $5,000 a week as well. And, and <laughs> one of the few cars that actually improves their value, Ned. <laughs> That's the only way I could sell it to my manager. I said, it's an investment. <laughs> smart. Um, yeah, it's funny. I've had actually two people in parking lots offer to buy it off me already. I've only had it. I've only had it for a couple of months, so I think they are scarce and they're they're hard to get for sure. So, yeah, I'm very very grateful to have had it. <laughs> now let's talk a bit of farming because, like, there's a few farmers throughout the industry. Obviously, big boy Ben McAvoy. He he runs. Um, Pretty much a station in uh, in sort of eastern Victoria. Tommy Hawkins is uh, a farming sort of upbringing, a farming upbringing. So running five hundred lambs. How did how did that start? Um, it started with just a conversation, I suppose. As I said, Nick Murray, who's a key defender at the club, he's just a cracking fella. So he's off a, a, a property near Henty um, up there. It's on the New South Wales border, just past New South Wales. So he came off working on a farm before kind of joining the AFL and joining the Crows. And he spoke to me about sheep and, and stuff. And as you probably know, I just I just enjoy kind of getting out and doing those things like fishing and always had an interest in, in running some stock coming off a, a hobby farm when I was younger. Um, so we kind of just spoke about it and, and worked out a way to, to, I suppose, make it happen with footy as well. And yeah, we head out on our days off and it's kind of a three-month thing. We run some weather lambs on, a, on vineyards uh, there in Adelaide. So, yeah, the workload isn't massive, but it's enough to keep it pretty busy and it's a lot of fun. Have you found as your career has progressed that it's as equally as important as it is to, you know, take the game seriously, prepare yourself, all those sorts of things that get done to death, but having something outside of footy that balances how serious everyone takes the game, like that's a, that's a key component to good performance, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and the other thing is, well, is we're young, like these are times kind of from 18 to, you know, 20 or, or late 20s that you're hopefully playing footy. It's, it's so important that you've, you know, you're not, you're not just a footballer. Like you need to push yourself to be a little bit more well rounded and, and try other things and work out what you like and enjoy doing different stuff. So yeah, we, we really value the fact that we have some lambs and we can go out there and, 
and learn about that and, and we've met some great people along the way and then obviously fishing as folks really enjoy. I just feel like that's a great outlet as well after a game or, or during the pre-season on a day off you can head out there and just yeah have a, have a day or half a day where you're not thinking about footy as much and you come back so refreshed into the club after. Now let's talk fishing because you've had a good season on the fishing front if trolling through your socials there's been plenty of tuna action what's your favorite fish to to chase it seems like that's one of uh one of the top five yeah absolutely i i love chasing the tuna we get a really good school run of, of fish over summer in, in adelaide down at victor harbour and cape jervis so yeah they're, they're so much fun and we don't get as big a fish that probably you guys get here in, in victoria at the moment but um, yeah, they're still really, really good, good to catch, and we throw lures and stick baits and, and little poppers, and yeah, it's just really good fun. But other than that, I'm really looking forward to the, the snapper fishery being reopened in in South Australia. I'm keen to see how that that looks and um, how that's managed when that opens up, because that'd be great to get onto some of those iconic snapper, which I haven't been able to do since kind of coming over. Yeah, that's that's one of the big things, and we've, we've spoken a lot about it on this show because at the moment this is a, a a big challenge for Western Australia with their fishery around a potential ban for their from for some demersal species, so pink snapper and and jewfish. South Australia have has experienced this. Now, my time in SA, some of the fishing that we've done over sort of York Peninsula, Stansbury, just incredible the snapper fishery. So that no doubt, Nettie, is something that um, that you'll seriously enjoy. I, I can remember going out on um, on one of our crows charters that we did back in the day where you sort of get auctioned off for, for people that, um, that that bid for things for the footy club. And we went out to Stansbury or just off Stansbury and there's a few South Australians that like to create their own reefs and what we found, <laughs> what we found was literally a trawler sitting stern up, so bow up, stern <laughs> down and sitting perfectly and it had this the most amazing snapper fishery so mate when that starts to kick through um you'll be in for some good times um before we let you go netty you're, you're off season now any holiday plans any fishing plans around that there's obviously some really big barrel tuna starting to be caught around the bowen heads region which is i know you're a local of that area uh is that on the radar or, or anything overseas yeah, it absolutely is, Pat. I'm back back home now in Geelong and my boat's sitting in the Queenscliff Marina at the moment. So, yeah, we were chatting off air about how awesome it is just to have a little short-term berth. It's not the cheapest thing, but just to have your boat in the water and be able to cruise down there and, and hop on and off, it's meant that fishing's so easy. And I've been out most days since I've been home, so I've had a couple of cracks on the barrels um, two days and I haven't managed to hook one, but I have been out there with Red was actually out there in your in your big 750. He got out there in a lot more cover than me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm really keen to, to get into a barrel, hopefully, before the start of the kind of the pre-season. And there's some other good fishing, too, to be had. So out of Queenscliff, we've been getting stuck into these big um, calamari that are just starting to fire up a bit and also some good whiting fishing. So, yeah, I'm just loving it. Lovely work. Now, I love watching you play, Nettie. Obviously, knowing you very, very well, uh, you're a very good person. Uh, terrific footballer. Thanks for coming on the show this morning. Thanks so much, Pat. Um, good luck in the finals too, mate. I'm, I'm secretly going for July, so hopefully you boys get up. <laughs> Ned McHenry, that is all aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure at Dometic.com. Red's tip for Anaconda. Anaconda just got a whole lot bigger. Don't miss their Adventure HQ grand opening celebration.
Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is time for Red's tip. Now, Redmond, uh, earlier in the week, I was doing some uh, some off-season planning. And uh, once the cats win the flag, obviously, uh, yep. don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that's going to clearly happen. Uh, just organising a few uh, frivolities. And uh, our great mate here at Real Adventures, uh, Jakey, broadhead from Geelong uh, Marine World. Uh, is it Geelong Marine World or Geelong Marine Centre? Geelong Marine World will do. We'll go with that. That's the name of it. Well, I booked out the RIV for the, uh, you know, just you've got oh, to get right. these. Yeah, absolutely. Put the cup on the roof. Right next to the, uh, what's it called? The uh, the radar. So you just it, it sits perfectly on the radar. So we're just going to peruse around Corio Bay. So we were having a chat about that, you know, all the important things to prepare for and plan. And uh, and then we got talking about servicing because I was talking about the 750. You haven't had that for a while. And he did say, mate, if you've got anyone that's looking for a service now, they're pretty much too late for summer. That's how busy it is getting for boat owners that haven't been organised enough to book their boats in. So I can't emphasise this enough. Jake's they're having um, plenty of issues, and I know Andrew from Melbourne Marine Centre in, in Melbourne's the same. You have to book your boat in now if you want it um, in yeah. time for summer because there's just not going to be enough room because there are so many people that have bought boats that have left things too late um, that now want them serviced. Uh, well, the sun come out last week. And everyone fished on the weekend, and then everyone had problems. So they're all rang yeah. all the marine shops, are trying to book their boats in, and everyone's done the same thing, whether it was a flat battery or stiff steering, whatever it is. And and because I, I put I took my boat to Melbourne Marine during the week, and Andrew goes, "We are so busy." He goes, "We're literally that busy." He goes, "It's like weeks wait now just on a service." So it's only gonna get worse. Book your boats in. Exactly right. That was Red's tip. Don't miss Anaconda's Adventure HQ Grand Opening Celebration. Now, it's uh, time for the Flying Gaff, and we like this one. Well, you you actually sent it through to me. Uh, you've got a few of the Western Bulldogs players in your sights, and in particular, Zane Cordy. Yeah, Zane Cordy's one. And actually, he's from my neck of the woods, I'll, I'll be honest with you. He, uh, he's from he's an Ocean Grove boy, so it explains a bit. But Played with his uh, brother Ace, I did. Yeah, I played basketball with Ace uh, back in the day. He umpired so, basketball with Ace. He's a nine. Well, what's he got the? Yeah, what's he got the gaff for then? He's a great man. What are well, you talking he's about? He's got the gaff because on a little scale of zero to ten, yep. it's actually gone past that on a scale on social media in the past few years. We we, we often use it a zero to a liber. So that means <laughs> liber being that you've had a real crack, and zero <laughs> means that you've had no crack. And when you when you when you go to your Mad Monday or your break after footy and you're getting carried out by liver by liver after your Mad Monday, you you, you know that you you know that you've had a liver. So you've had a crack. He has been carried out by liver and the gardener, and he's he, and after a, I'm going to say I'm going to say a week on the piss. We'll go with that because it looks like he's had a real real go. And uh, basically, he's a, I, I don't know. I give him credit for even a. Uh, for even being able even to having to, a dip, being able to have a zero to liver scale is a is a very good effort. We well, yeah, hope you've enjoyed real adventures this morning. I don't think Aaron's going to be let in into any Western Bulldogs game in the future, but that's okay. Uh, we'll see you on the water next week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tire Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call thirteen twenty one ninety one.